is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. Welcome to the Friday show. Off to a good start if you had some Steelers in your lineup. Welcome. This is Fantasy Football Today. It's Adam, Dave, and Jamie on Friday. Of course, we have the Saturday mailbag to get to your emails. Want to remind everybody you need to start enjoying the ultimate football watching experience. We all want that. That's Xfinity X1. Get live CBS Sports Fantasy Football stats in the same place you can watch your live games, right there on your TV. Go to Xfinity.com slash sports for more information. Very cool stuff. Xfinity.com slash sports. Well, Jamie, you know, on Wednesday I was saying I just want a good game. I just want a good primetime game. Did we get it last night? Um, we got a good fancy game. I don't know if we got a good game. Like it was, it was close and competitive for I guess long enough. Yep. Right. It was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Tennessee well, didn't hold up its end of the bargain in the fourth quarter. We can blame Delaney Walker for that. That drop. That drop touchdown. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 40-17. So we'll start with that. We got seven NFC home games. We got beat the waiver wire. We're starting the no touchdowns club anew as I lost the battle. Dave won last week with Marquise Goodwin. So I'm in last place. I get first pick this week. I've got a bonanza for you. Riding a three-game winning streak. But first, this Twitter poll. Which camera angle do you prefer? Skycam or normal cam? I had over 2,000 votes. Who do you, which do you think won? Normal Cam won. Sky Cam won. Normal Cam is the winner, fifty-five percent to forty-five percent. Yeah, that that percentage sounds about right. I I was raving about Sky Cam last night, and it felt like forty-five percent of the responses on Twitter were "I hate this thing, get it off," because they're just not used to it. But I I liked it when they pulled back enough that you could see every player on the field. Yeah. Would you I stick didn't like they switched it up. What's that? They kept switching it up. I yeah, I don't know if I like that part either. That's that was my favorite part. That was they that showed they... a bunch of different angles. Okay. I well, what they mainly did was the sky cam and then the, the traditional. View. Yeah. And you liked just that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, listen, it's football. I'll take it any way I can get it. But I didn't like it. Uh, who had the interception? It, it. I think it was Mariota's first interception. It was Hilton who was running it back for Pittsburgh, and you couldn't see what was in front of him. So ah. that part I didn't like. So when there's a change of possession, there's they got to go back to like normal cam immediately when that happens, and that could disorient people. I didn't I didn't like that part, but everything else I, I thought was cool. You could see coverages, you could see how the offensive lines were blocking. It, it was fun. So Jamie, which one would you prefer if you were watching a game? Uh, the sky cam. Really. You know what I felt? I felt like I enjoyed it for evaluating football. You know, it was easier to kind of get a gauge of what players were doing. But if I had been a Steelers or Titans fan or if I have any rooting interest in a game, I would hate watching it on Skycam. I feel like it's not as exciting. You know, you can't I, – I feel like um, I feel like it's more analyzing football rather than, like, getting into the game. If that had been a Giants game or something, I wouldn't have – I wouldn't have liked it. But it was cool and – um it was, you know, it was interesting, and people were pretty split on it. So, you know, good experiment. Good stuff. Now, to the game. Pittsburgh 40, Tennessee 17. Biggest takeaway from this game, Ben Roethlisberger said dilly dilly at the line of scrimmage, and it was <laughs> terrific. Um, but wh- – right, That I was think, the biggest takeaway? That was it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so moving on. No, um, so, uh, so yeah, like they go no huddle. He throws 45 passes. He scores 36 fantasy points with four touchdowns and 299 yards, three of them to Antonio Brown, one to Jesse James, who had eight targets with Vance McDonald inactive. What do we expect from the Steelers' offense going forward? Are they going to be using this more often, and is Ben Roethlisberger going to be damn good rest of season? I think there's a real chance for it. I love the fact that they only have two road games left the rest of the season, and they're at Cincinnati and at Houston. So it's not like they're going to be that tough of matchups for Roethlisberger away from Heinz Field. And maybe they kind of uncovered something here, that using the no huddle works for Roethlisberger. This is how it typically is for NFL offenses. They get into the no huddle, they have success with it, and then for whatever reason they get away from it. Well, they talked about this last night about how being at home versus on the road allows them to operate their offense differently because of the crowd noise. Right, right. And they also said that they wanted to get James Conner in there 
to spell Le'Veon Bell because it was a short week. So Bell got 12 carries, Connor got five, but that's 17 total carries where we're used to seeing Bell get close to 30. Um, maybe they went no huddle be- because of the short week and they didn't want to give Le'Veon Bell that much work. He did catch nine passes, which is outstanding. They um, might have gone no huddle to tire out Tennessee's defense further. Yeah. Tennessee's defense played a lot of snaps last week. Yeah, maybe. And and they know the strength of the defense of the Tennessee defense is the run defense. And Le'Veon Bell was half an inch away from scoring a touchdown and he had a hundred total yards, so you're fine with it and great in PPR. Um but yeah, I mean uh, Jamie, do you feel comfortable starting Ben Roethlisberger basically the rest of the way? Yeah, I have him uh, I think in like six or seven leagues. Whoa. Congratulations. So, um uh, yes. I'm I, off to a good start this week. I did not play. I have him in three of nine leagues. I did not play against Antonio Brown in one league. Three. I don't think I did either in 21. Wow, that's great. In 21 leagues, you didn't play against Antonio no, I have Brown in two, one. Two, I have him in two of them, but I haven't checked all of my scores. But uh, the ones that I did check, no. I still think it's incredible that you play in 21 leagues. That you set waivers for 21 leagues. Mm-hmm. Animal. That's, yeah, it is incredible. All right, Dave. I'm only in 13. I'm a I'm an amateur. Dave, let's head to the Titans. Mariota with 16 fantasy points. So uh, still only one game with more than 18 this year. Two, maybe maybe four great matchups in a row. At least three at Indianapolis, Houston, at Arizona, at San Francisco. Uh, talk about Mariota. I think he'll bounce back from this. And I like the fact that he threw for 300 yards. The four interceptions kind of stinks. One of them was <laughs> yeah. not on him. A couple of overthrows that. That's a problem. Hopefully something that gets fixed. And I like the fact that he ran for a touchdown. Shows you that his wheels are back in play as an option for him. And maybe the best part about it all is that Tennessee couldn't run the ball. So maybe the coaches will start to think, well, that's a part of our offense that we can't lean on anymore. And it'll force Mariota yeah. to sound, have these games with 33 attempts. You sound optimistic right now. Like people. Well, and really I love down. the schedule ahead as Oh, well. they're going to be great from this point forward. I, he just hasn't. I don't. I agree. But he just hasn't been good this year. No, but keep in mind that Delaney Walker dropped a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. And if Corey Davis doesn't have a ball bounce off his hands, that's one interception wiped off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Mariota will be fine. This was a disappointing performance, but you shouldn't have started him unless you had no other options. He was only he, he started. Wasn't, in he wasn't in my top 12 or my top 15. I don't know where you had him, Jay. I think I had 15. Okay, so that's fine. He just he, – he, he, the four interceptions, I don't think anybody could have predicted. No. He was only started in 39% of leagues, and Roethlisberger was only started in 65% of leagues. Anyway, I'm annoyed and worried about DeMarco Murray. Jamie, he's got two carries this year of more than 20 yards. What do you think? He's not good. I mean, you know, we're, we're I think, starting to see the effects of a 29-year-old DeMarco Murray, a 29-year-old uh, LaShawn McCoy. These guys are starting to hit a wall. And so uh, I, I'm still hopeful for McCoy. But Murray's got a guy playing behind him that's better. And it's just time that they give Derrick Henry more touches, more carries. They're going to get asked about that in Tennessee this week, both Robisky, the offensive coordinator, and Malarkey. And it's going to be interesting to see how they spin it because they're going to want to use both of them. But the time has come where you got to use Henry a little bit more on early downs. Murray is adept at third downs, had five catches, saved his day in PPR leagues a little bit. But I, I would be surprised if he had a big game the rest of the season. To me, he's one of several running backs, and we'll talk about a lot on today's podcast, who are touchdown or bust. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't score, he's not getting you 100 total yards. You can't feel great starting him. But again, the schedule works out in his favor moving forward. If he gets those opportunities. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. the one thing that we've, we've seen with Malarkey is even when Murray's been less than 100%, you know, games that he probably should have been sitting, he still sticks with them. Okay, Delaney Walker has become an absolute must-start in PPR leagues. This is now four straight games with five to seven catches. Uh, he's been 63 or more yards in all four. He just doesn't score, and he should have had a touchdown last night, but he still does not have a receiving touchdown this year, but Walker's been great. And then to sum it, just to finish it up, Rashard Matthews, he's 70% owned. Is Rashard Matthews the best Titans wide receiver rest of season? Yeah, but he's not one worth getting excited about. Why? Look at all that these great. Cool. Look at all these great matchups, though. Fine, he'd be a number three receiver for those great matchups. Oh man, no, next week I disagree. Two for me. Against the Colts, and then Houston. Oh yeah, 
70% owned. I think Richard Matthews is one of my top waiver wire priorities next week if he's available. If you can get him. Yeah, same yeah. with Davis, though. I'm not giving up on Davis. You don't there's, know. there's a lot that I like about him, and there's a little I don't like about him. And I like his size, but I, I just feel like he's not nearly as fast or quick as you'd want a first-round receiver to be. Mm. He's right. getting opportunities. They're, they're, they're force-feeding him the football. Once I don't, again, I just, lend their receivers and targets. He's he did. Have a, he's going to have a monster second half. I, I hope he does <laughs> because I, I feel like we're at the point with him where you got to see it before you start him. Yeah, I just feel like we're also always underestimating Richard Matthews, and he just finds a way to to get it done. So, I mean, he, would he also have a monster second half? Yeah, I think they're both set up to play well. Yeah. All right, good. How many long touchdowns are we going to get from him? It doesn't. He just always does something, Dave. You know, like he he's good. He just if he if he had scored last week, we'd be talking about three touchdowns in a row. The one he dropped right. That's in his fair. Hands. Yeah. That's uh, fair. Um. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Uh, rest of the show is starter sit with some beat the waiver wire. Uh, I already I already plugged the rest of the show, but I got to promote some other stuff. Greg Olson, you know him, Panthers tight end. He's going to be hopefully on our show. We have him tentatively lined up for Tuesday afternoon, uh, an interview that you'll probably hear on Wednesday. We have our mailbag show airing tomorrow, and we're going to have so there there could be some interesting weather this weekend, and we're going to have Kevin Roth of Roto Grinders on. He's a weather guy. He's he knows what he's talking about, and, and uh, he's going to help us out talk about some weather for this upcoming weekend. Our other podcasts are awesome. We, uh, I mean, CBS Sports, we've made podcasting a real priority, and we just started a new one called Off the Bench with Canell and Bell. Danny Canell and Raja Bell, two really, really good analysts talking sports, so that is brand new, Off the Bench with Canell and Bell, debuted as an iTunes Top 10 podcast, so a sports podcast, so please check that out. In this corner for wrestling, boxing, and MMA, pick six for NFL. Eye on college basketball. You will not get a better college basketball podcast. Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish there. We got 24-7 sports, college football, uh, just so much stuff. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast for more. You might not see off the bench on there, but you hopefully you'll see that soon. cbssports.com slash podcast. Watch fantasy football today. Live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on cbsports.com on Saturday, on Sunday morning. And I on Fantasy Football is our Saturday night radio show. Your chance to call us up and talk about Die Hard and other non-Christmas movies and fantasy football. I on Fantasy Football, CBS Sports Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight. Getting into the games, I just want to give this stat. We'll talk about this game a little bit later, but this absolutely blew my mind. In the last two games, the Giants have given up seven catches of 40 or more yards. Seven catches of 40 or more yards in their last two games. What? So You want a stat to match that stat? Yeah. Tyreek Hill has at least a 30-yard catch in each road game this year, and that catch has been a touchdown in four or five road games. He got so lucky against the Cowboys, though. Dallas? Yes, big time. So lucky. I was doing the notes, the research last night, and I realized— I never saw that play because I was driving into the office. I, I never saw it, so I looked at. I finally like YouTubed it and saw it, and it was. Like, that was when you were here, right? Yeah, but I yeah I missed it in transit. I was like, what? What? How did how did he mm-hmm. do that? Incredible. Uh, news and notes: Anthony Lynn expects Philip Rivers to play. It's not a certainty, but he expects Philip Rivers to play. Uh, so that's good. Tyron Smith reportedly will not play this week, and Dak Prescott very different in the rankings. One of these analysts doesn't like him. The other, or two actually, have, um, I think, top eight. Seattle left tackle Dwayne Brown will be a game-time decision. Uh, that's the Monday night game against Atlanta. But Cam Chancellor is unlikely to play, which is very good news for Matt Ryan. Corey Coleman will play this week. Any interest in Brown's wide receiver, Corey Coleman? Who's he playing again? Uh, any long-term interest. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to start him this week. But sure, I'd stash him. He's going to have some decent matchups coming up. Okay. Coleman is 33% owned, and yes, he is facing Jacksonville this week. About as bad of a matchup as you can get. As bad as you can get. Alex Collins, Jamie, they say he's going to remain Baltimore's feature back. What do you think that means, and do you expect to see Danny Woodhead this week? Uh, I do expect to see Danny Woodhead this week. I do expect Alex Collins to still be their primary running downs guy. I do like the matchup for him against Green Bay, so he is in play as a number two flex option this week. So I, I think that we will still have another good game from Alex Collins. Dolphins offensive coordinator Clyde Christensen said Devontae Parker is lacking the edge that he had coming out of training camp and maybe a nagging injury 
that could be the reason why. But it's just another year where it's another excuse, another reason why Devontae Parker's not meeting expectations. I think he goes off this week. I hope so. Set up for it. If uh, he doesn't, do you kind of see what Christensen's saying and maybe yeah, keep I, on to me this is total motivation. see what happens? What's that? To me, this is total motivation. Because he's, if he's playing hurt, he's not an injury report. He's been out there every game since he's come back from the injury. He's been out there the majority of the snaps since he's right. come back from injury. So I just think this is, uh, hey, get your bleeping gear. Right. Because I feel like the knock on him has been that he has these little injuries and he holds himself back. Whereas the coaches want him to play through them. Mm-hmm. They expect him to play through them and he doesn't really give that effort. Well, let's go Devontae Parker. Uh, do you expect the following players? Drew Stanton at Houston. Oh boy, this is a huge one for fantasy. Let me just. You don't think it, you don't think down. it's big for the for Larry Fitzgerald owners? No, Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert. What's the difference? I mean, there's got to be. a He's difference. not going to play. It's going to be Blaine Gabbert, and it's going to be just fine for Larry Fitzgerald. Do you expect Jimmy Graham? Yes. Jordan Reed. No. Alshon Jeffrey. He popped up on the injury report yesterday, right? Yeah. Yes. He uh, says he's going to play though. Okay, so then yes. Chris Hogan. No. Okay. Not a lot of injuries. Good stuff. Let's beat the waiver wire. Okay. Is that I, crowd noise you just made? Yeah, it was. It was crowd noise. I couldn't really hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I have Matt Forte on here. He's 72% owned. He's got a bye this week facing Carolina next week. I just think in PPR, it's a chance Matt Forte comes back next week and 72% might be a little low. So there's that. I got some other names. I'll also on here. say in the same same thing. Go pick up Elijah McGuire in case Matt Forte does not come back. Okay, but you're not going to want to start McGuire against Carolina. I'm not going to want to start Matt Forte against Carolina either. But I would like to have if Matt Forte is out for the rest of the season for whatever reason, the chance to have Elijah McGuire on my team. Gotcha. Okay, I've got some quarterbacks. Eli Manning, 62%. Not loving it because I don't know it's Thursday, but at Washington they've been really bad against. Uh, quarterbacks. So Eli Manning at Washington. Nate Peterman at Kansas City. That's, you know, that's a long shot. Josh McCown against Carolina, 55% owned. Jacoby Brissett against Tennessee. That's one of his, uh, thousand revenge games he's gonna have. Josh McCown? <laughs> I can't even keep track. Uh, Jacoby Brissett against Tennessee. Jay Cutler at New England. So Eli at Washington. Peterman at Kansas City. McCown against the Panthers. Jacoby Brissett against the Titans. Jay Cutler at New England. What do you think? Are these worthy of uh Keep an eye if anybody's dropped Philip Rivers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Do you, who do they have next week? Uh the Chargers. Sorry, I'll look that up. But um yeah. You guys like any of those options? I like Brissett. Oh, uh, Rivers is at Dallas. I, I might stash here's what I might do. I might take Eli now, and if Eli plays well, then I would have faith in him at Washington next week on Thanksgiving night. Otherwise, I pick up Eli. If he stinks, I dump him and I go get Jacoby Brissett. Okay. And you know what? Scratch that. Do that with Cutler. Because if Cutler looks good this week against Tampa Bay, he should be fine at New England. He'll throw a lot. Yeah. It'll be one of those 300, two and two games against New England. All right. If he looks terrible, if he gets hurt, then you pivot to Brissett. You know, there are a bunch of like beat the waiver wire guys that could just have good games like Corey Coleman. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but oh, Dontrell Inman. Uh, but Jeremy Macklin is 79% Bruce Ellington. Owned. Bruce That's Ellington. a good one. Yeah. In shallow leagues. What's his ownership? Do you know off the top uh, of your head? Low. Oh, look, it, it's definitely, hold on. It is 3%. So literally somebody who's out there in every single league. And that's a, that's a good call, especially PPR leagues. He's, uh, he's shaping up to be one of those five for 50 guys every week with obvious upside. That's Bruce Ellington we're talking about for Houston. Jeremy Macklin. Is 79% owned. He's facing Houston this week and Green Bay next week. Oh no, Green Bay this week and Houston next week, excuse me. So Macklin could work for you in, in both this week and next week. Um, but what you, just one thing on Ellington. What if Will Fuller comes back? Then he'll probably lose some targets to him, but this is a nice short area option for Savage slash Yates to lean on. Right. Cause eventually what's happening is Hopkins is getting covered properly. And so all these other receivers are in one-on-ones, and Texans have to learn to take advantage of them. I, I would say if you need a receiver this week, Ellington's in a good spot because you know what the receiver opposite Patrick Peterson has done. That's true. 
There's a receiver I also like a lot. Uh, 51% owned. You might have heard of him on this podcast before, Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tons of targets the last couple oh, of weeks. For the really Giants, crappy game. The Giants week. next week, love it. I know, but he's no, playing in the slot. It's good. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, James. So I, I think he's going to be good this week. So if you're in a pinch this week, you could start him. I like him better than Ellington. Oh yeah, and I, I kind of feel like he's someone who could help save your season. Kind of a mid-season. He's stash. been their only reliable receiver over multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a guy over multiple weeks play well. Yes. And once again, I will say it, beat the waiver wire on Greg Olson, because he, as of yesterday, was 77% owned and needs to be 100% owned. And once he comes on our podcast, he's going to be 150% owned, obviously. DSTs for next week. You look at the Redskins. They're facing the Giants on Thursday. The Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are a good two-week option. Denver this week, Cleveland next week, 65% owned. Got anything I else? Titans. Titans, too. You can't get them now, but yeah. their schedule is very nice. Yeah, that's why I left them out, but, yeah, they'd be nice. Um, all right, look, we all love watching football on Sundays, right? It's the best thing to do at the end of the week. Sit there on Sunday, eat some pizza, whatever it is, and watch some ball. And, of course, keep track of your fantasy scores and, you know, players that have been added and dropped and everything else going on in your league. But sometimes you have to look away. You have to check your laptop. You have to check your phone. You miss some action. Say goodbye to looking up your fantasy scores on your phone and missing a great moment on your TV. Keep track of both all on the same screen now with CBS Sports Fantasy Football and Xfinity X1. With X1, you can get your live CBS Sports Fantasy Football stats in the same place you watch your live games. You just have a voice remote. You don't need to navigate through guides or anything. You just speak into your X1 voice remote, and bam, right there you can see your CBS Sports Fantasy Football matchup live with weekly projections, with roster trends, right there on your TV. I've seen it with my own two eyes. This is a very, very cool thing. All you got to do, if you just want to learn more about it, we just want you to go to this website, xfinity.com slash sports, xfinity.com slash sports. You're going to see Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg on there, little dudes talking to each other, and uh, you'll see how cool it is. It, it's a, it's really awesome, xfinity.com slash sports. All right, real quick, let's do the No Touchdowns Club so I'm the big loser, but we're starting over, and I get the first pick. And I am taking score his first touchdown of the year, Blaine Gabbert. Yo, Gabbert, Gabbert, you are my first pick. Who did I say? I said Dave has a second pick, right? Yep. And with Gabbert obviously being a good option since he's a quarterback playing the Texans, I'm going to take Jamison Crowder. Really believe that he bounces back after a bad game last week. Still believe the targets will be there. Matchup in the slot against New Orleans has been favorable. I think it'll be specifically favorable for a quick route runner like him. I think he will score his first touchdown of 2017. Jamie, we got Alex Collins, Alfred Morris, uh, uh, Dontrell Inman. <laughs> who, who do you think is scoring this week? Uh, I'll take Blaine Gabbard on a rushing touchdown. But I, what? No, I took Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> Huh? I took Blaine Gabbert. But does that cover you for rushing and yeah, passing? Yeah, he's my guy. I will take um Alex Collins. I'll take Justin Tucker on a fake field goal. Come on, Jamie. You're going to be stuck in the no touchdowns club. All right, you oh, can, darn. You can think about it. Oh, what's having fun? Has a Seattle running back scored a touchdown this year? No, no, no it feels I'm gonna, like I'm going to take I'm going to take the kicker on a fake field goal. All right, you're taking Justin Tucker. Let's, how about he gets every kicker? Nope, yep. I just want Tucker. All right, just Yippikaye, Justin Tucker for Jamie, and then Heath uh, is going with Alex Collins, which is probably a better Raven to have than than Justin Tucker. Uh, I do have a bonanza. I'll tell you about it in a little bit. Let's go to the games. Philadelphia is at Dallas. This is a big Sunday night game. Hopefully, it's good. No Tyron Smith could obviously change things, but. You know, let's talk about the Eagles wide receivers. I want to start with stat of the game. Outside wide receivers against Dallas, they don't do very well. Demarius Thomas, seven fantasy points. Jordy Nelson, eight. Devontae Adams had a good game. That was nice. Julio Jones, five. I mean, they're good there for some reason. They're not good against the slot guys. Is Nelson Aguilar better than Alshon Jeffrey this week? He could be. Especially if uh he's banged up. Do you have it ranked that way? Not yet. Okay. Now, you guys are confident in Alshon Jeffrey? Would you start him this week? 
Yeah, you got to be excited about the way he's played the last two games coming into this matchup. Yeah. I I, I just think Dallas is going to fall apart. I think their defense is in trouble. No Sean Lee, no Tyron Smith. Those are two. No no Ezekiel Elliott. Those are three of their five best players. That's hard to win. Mm -hmm. It it is like almost an elimination game for them, though. I mean, that might be a little strong, but it's a huge game. They got to bring it at home. And it's a it's a prime time game. It'll be terrible. I mean, so don't you remember the last time we saw Carson Wentz play? What he did? (laughs) Really tough matchup at home, and he shredded the Denver Broncos. He's been great all year. You've got to think that with Ertz being back, that'll take one touchdown. And Jeffrey and Aguilar could each get one, or one could have a score and the other one could have 80, 90 yards. I think it's all in play, and I think you start these guys just based on what the upside is given the state of Philly's offense. Okay. Which of the two or both would you start over Des Bryant? Both. That would be a both. Wow. Okay. So is it start all Eagles, sit all Cowboys? It is for me. I was moving Alfred Morris down in my rankings last night, and I don't feel bad about it at all. I was half tempted in one league to start Derrick Henry out of him. I'm glad I didn't, but I think they could both be – well, you know what Henry is. I don't think Alf will be any better than five points better, maximum. The one thing I'll say about Dak Prescott is he had an average game, 17 fantasy points last week. That was with the left tackle issue being a big problem. I can't help but think the Cowboys will address that. They've already changed who the left tackle will be. I think they'll probably give Byron Bell, that's the replacement, some help with some blocking. I'm giving Dak the benefit of the doubt. He's still a top-12 quarterback for me. I recognize what the downside is. This is a tough matchup for him, but I can't pull the trigger on starting – Cutler ahead of him. I can't pull the trigger on uh, Blake Bortles ahead of him. Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, for me that's easy. I know I, all those guys over. Matt him. Ryan. I, I, I just think he played so. He played. He played well under the circumstances last week, and these are worse circumstances. The only thing that's you know probably uh, a saving grace for him is that he's at home. But the Eagles coming off their bye week, getting healthy on defense, seeing what happened to him last week, Des not getting separation when he's trying to run his routes. Lack of a run game. I mean, there, there are just so many things that are slated against him. Could he play well? Absolutely. He's a great player. And so that's the thing you have to, you know, keep in mind. Uh, I would have started Mariota over him last night, and I think that Mariota's uh, 16 fantasy points will be better than Dak Prescott, or at least on par, and 100% started Des, uh, Ben Roethlisberger over him. And I, there's no way that Dak is catching that. Yeah. The guys that I'd like to compare him to on this podcast are Cousins, Stafford, and Ryan. Because I know that those are three quarterbacks that you definitely have ahead of Dak. They're all in much better situations. They are. And I have Dak ahead of all three of them. And I'm open to changing my mind. So we'll talk about them as we go along. But yeah. I know what Dak's capable of. And, and I believe that the Cowboys can at least fix the offensive line issue. Yeah, the I matchup, do. it's tough. There's no doubt. But Dak's done well in tough matchups before. And it is a tough matchup. I mean, the Eagles basically had two really bad games against the Giants and at the Chargers defensively. They were so beat up in the secondary. Like other than that, they've really done a nice job. They've done a good job against wide receivers, which is why you guys are a little hesitant on Des Bryant. So, and, and Alfred Morris. I mean, how about this for Alfred Morris? First of all, teams just don't run the ball very often on on the Eagles. Like only one guy has. I think no, nobody has more than 13 carries in a game against the Eagles. Uh, and Kareem Hunt has 81 rushing yards against the Eagles. He's the only running back with more than 38 rushing yards against Philadelphia. They allow about 66 rushing yards per game total. So uh, that's number one in the NFL. So Alf is not somebody I'm starting this week, or, or you guys either. Des Bryant, though, I got to get some Des Bryant's oars. We're obviously starting Nelson Aguilar over him. Would you start Mohamed Sanu or Nelson, or, or excuse me, or Des Bryant? I'd rank him Sanu, Aguilar, Bryant. Uh, I would put both guys in the Eagles Cowboys games over Sanu. Heath brought up a great point the other day that we haven't seen Sanu play well when Austin Hooper's had targets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've seen the last three weeks of Austin Hooper having targets and Sanu's production has gone way down. Yeah, um, we will preview that game shortly. Would you start Des Bryant, um, or Jeremy Macklin? Well, that's the Macklin. Macklin. Alright, so get away from Des. I have him 30th among wide receivers. Heath has him 18th, Jamie has him 32nd. So, Dave, Dave and Jamie do not like Des this week. Uh, Jason Witten, any hope for him? Not if he's got a block, which is 
Potentially thought, part of the formula. I thought he was going to do that last week, and he didn't. He played well. I think he's a, a top 15 tight end in standard leagues and slightly better in PPR. Okay, obviously we're starting Zach Ertz. We're starting Carson Wentz, and you like the two Eagles receivers enough. Jay Ajayi or Nelson Aguilar? Who's a better flex? Ajayi. Love Jay Ajayi this week. All right, yeah, talk to me about that. Why do you guys like Ajayi so much? Uh, well, the narrative of them giving him more work, which they should, and I, I would expect him to lead the team in touches. Uh, whether he leads them in snaps remains to be seen because this could be a blowout win where you're getting Corey Clement in the end of the game, like we saw their last matchup against Denver. But the fact that Sean Lee is not there either, I think that's the biggest thing. So you're getting a guy that should have, I'll, I'll say 15 touches. He's not going to do much in the passing game. Um, but probably 15 carries. Uh, the last two games that Sean Lee missed, they couldn't stop anybody. It was Aaron Jones and Todd Gurley, so take that for what it's worth. Jones with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. And Tevin and Coleman, so, too, Jamie. I mean, huh? and Tevin Coleman last week. He missed most and, of and Tevin Coleman game. last week. I was just yeah. looking at the two games that he missed completely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a bad run defense. It's a good rushing offense. I think LeGarrette Blunt's even still in play as a flex option because he's going to get probably 8 to 10 carries and could score, too. All right, I'll compare a giant. That's why we others. didn't really talk about that on Tuesday. That's why I still had him in the spot that I did with the uh, you know guys that are potentially still available. Sure. You had said you wanted to come back to it. I don't think we ever did. Oh, okay. Um, you guys have Ajayi in your top 10. Heath is a little lower. He's got him 15th. We'll compare Ajayi to some other players uh, throughout the show. I think that's it. Uh, is Rod Smith uh, Hail Mary PPR? Is that, that it for Smith? Yeah, and another stash candidate, too. He's still available in two-thirds of CBS leagues. Okay. If Alf can't get it done in these opportunities, they're going to turn to Smith, who has already shown that he's got that passing downs job. Philadelphia has allowed the third most receptions to running backs. I like him better than Morris in PPR. I can't go there in standard leagues because I don't think he'll get any scoring opportunities if they are, you know, at the goal line. So that's where Morris has a better advantage, clearly. But I do think with how bad the offensive line could be, how bad the defense could be, how good the Eagles offense could be, that with the Cowboys chasing points, you're going to see a lot of dump off passes to Rod Smith, especially if the secondary is playing well. Yeah. Now, last uh, their last game, the Eagles did very well against the Broncos running backs. The three games before that, they allowed a receiving touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, Chris Thompson, and Matt Breida. The game before that, nine catches, 65 yards to Andre Ellington. So if there's one vulnerability in the defense, it might be that. It might be pass-catching running back. Because they're aggressive. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles Rams at Minnesota. I, I think this is the best, the most exciting. The game I'm most excited for, put it that way. Me too. Can't wait. Uh, here's your stat of the game. According to history.com, Vikings did not wear horned helmets. And they were known for excellent hygiene, Dave. They had tweezers. Really? Ra- yeah. Tweezers, razors, combs, and ear cleaners made from animal bones and antlers. Hold on a second. Why did you say excellent hygiene, Dave? <laughs> I don't know. Are you trying to insinuate that I don't have good hygiene? Just seemed like something you'd, you'd be really interested in knowing. You? I shower once a week, just like everybody else. Yeah, but you got me beat. I'm just saying, I've got very good hygiene. Minnesota has not allowed 20 points in a home game yet. They're 4-1 and one at home. Will they allow 20 points in this game? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be 27. Oh, man. It could be 20 or 21. If you're asking the Rams to score three touchdowns, I think they can score three. I don't think they can score four. Starter sit, Jared Goff. Nervous because of the matchup, especially with the Vikings defense, A, at home, B, getting Everson Griffin back. It's going to help them. They're going to be able to put pressure on Goff, and he's taken advantage of bad match, or he's taken advantage of bad defenses over the past couple of weeks. This isn't one of them. I think he's going to have a hard time. Goff or Prescott? Dak. Goff. Yeah, it's Goff for Jamie, but Goff is 13th. He's behind. Blake Bortles for Jamie. He's ahead of Blake Bortles for Dave. Let's see if you guys agree on anything. You'd start Philip Rivers over Jared Goff. Um, We'd start Roethlisberger over Goff. Yeah, yes, you would. You'd start Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. You would start Jared Goff over Ryan Fitzpatrick and Marcus Mariota. Uh, all right, then. Todd Gurley, he's facing the best team against opposing running backs. He's a start. You're starting him. Would you use yep. him in daily or get away from Gurley? Maybe in DraftKings Daily. PPR. Full point PPR. Okay. Rams receivers. Starting any of them? Don't want to. Who's the best? It's a tough matchup. You know what the cornerbacks in Minnesota have. Xavier Rhodes shuts down half the field every play. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the other side, Trey Waynes has been playing pretty good. The safeties play great. Linebackers do a great job. It's going to be hard for Jared Goff. They're going to have to get creative. And they are now, creative. That is what Sean McVay does. <laughs> but they've got to get creative in in a consistent and successful way. And I don't I don't want to buy in, so I'm I'm staying away. Would you start Alfred Morris or Robert Woods? Woods in a PPR is a no brainer. I think I'd probably go with Woods in a standard as well. Yeah, I take Woods as well. Is Woods what are you thinking? Like five for seventy is the floor. What he got? What Woods? he was before the two big games? Right, about yeah. seventy yards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So just I, I've asked. I know you guys haven't heard of me, but Woods is the best Rams receiver this week. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right, uh, Jamie. Let's move on to the Vikings. Any interest in Case Keenum coming off a thirty-two point game in Week Ten, a twenty-one point game at Cleveland in Week Nine? Um, what do you think? He's forty-nine percent owned. Any interest in Keenum this week? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, the Ram, the Rams, their defense is not as good. It has not been as good on the road. Uh, they faced four quarterbacks on the road. Brian Hoyer, 29 points. Dak Prescott, 28. And then Bortles, 14. And Manning, 16, but he could have had a much bigger game. He missed two open touchdowns. So it's interesting, but nobody's starting, I guess, Case Keenum this week. Uh, Jamie, how about the Minnesota running backs? The Rams allow the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. But I've dug in, and I really think they're getting better against the run. What yep. do you What do you think about Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray this week? Uh, I would I would avoid Murray. Um, he'll, he'll get carries, so he's without a touchdown. He's probably looking at a five to six fantasy point day. But McKinnon, because of his ability to catch the ball, should still be fine. I think he's shown that in tough matchups. You know, the Cleveland game, for example, they had done such a good job against you know running backs and running games. He was able to score against them, and and his pass catching ability, I think, will have to be. Big in this game. It's not an easy situation for him, but uh, given the running back landscape and what he should be able to do from his total touches, he's still a borderline number one, certainly a top 15 running back in every format. Jarek McKinnon or Jay Ajayi? Ajayi. Ajayi. How about in PPR? Still Ajayi. Jamie goes McKinnon, Dave sticks with Ajayi. Jarek McKinnon or, well, definitely over Alfred Morris, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray? Or Alfred Morris? Alf. Uh, whew. I'll take Morris, but it's close. Okay, and then which Vikings wide receiver do you like better? Thielen. Okay. Yeah, he, he's number one now. He gets so many targets. He's like yeah. four double-digit targets. In like he's four he's top ten receiver. And what about Diggs? Is he a must-start? He's a He's a okay number two. I mean, you look, you saw last week, tough matchup, he scores. He's just good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any way around it. He's just a very good player. Both are top 20 receivers, for sure. Kyle Rudolph is 88% owned. Probably not warranted. Starter sit Kyle Rudolph. And would you start him over Jason Witten? You guys are kind of lukewarm on Witten. I think they're kind of the same player, but the difference is that Rudolph will go out for more passes and, and catch more. The targets have been consistent with him. He's a low-end starting tight end. So Rudolph over Witten? Yes. Rudolph PPR or, for sure, standard for sure. Rudolph or Brait? I've got Brait one spot higher. I'll take Brait with the matchup. All right. And the, I think the DSTs are really interesting. Yeah, I looked at three offenses that I think are, you know, very good that the Vikings have faced this year. They faced the Saints, the Steelers, and the Redskins, two of them on the road. They did very, very poorly in all three of those games. So it gave me confidence to drop the Vikings DST for the Eagles. Um, do you guys think the Vikings are worth uh, worth starting this week? And would you rather start the Rams DST, which has had five big games in a row? But both teams are facing offenses that don't give up a lot of fantasy points to, to DSTs. I would try to avoid both. I mean, there's so many options out there for you that you could find. The Eagles, like you said, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Saints are still available in some leagues. Um yeah, it's just they're, they're, the the Rams probably just because we've seen Keenum get a little turnover from. All right, I like I like the Vikings a little bit better, but combined they've allowed five DSTs to get you double digits in fantasy points this season. That's it, two teams over ten weeks. So I wouldn't expect monster games from either one. All right, Atlanta is at Seattle, and all right, Dave, you wanted to talk about Matt Ryan. I think it's interesting because stat of the game number one. Recent history tells us that Matt Ryan should have a good game. 
except the fact that he hasn't been that good this year. But he lit them up twice last year, 27 and 31 fantasy points. Um, there, no Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor unlikely to play. Last year, two quarterbacks came into Seattle and scored 27 fantasy points. Matt Ryan was one. Tyrod Taylor was the other. Cam Chancellor missed both of those games. Now, Tyrod Taylor did a lot of it with his legs. But um, it just seems like this is no – it seems like this is no longer a tough matchup for Matt Ryan. So what do you think? Well, it's a matter, first and foremost, of trusting Matt Ryan. He has only one game this year with 20 or more fantasy points. It was two weeks ago, and he gave you 22. His last four games, 18, 19, 22, and 18. So he's been close. It seems a little ridiculous to say that he's going to go into Seattle and pull off another 20-point game, but you have to respect the track record. It's clear that the Falcons know how to attack this defense, and they've done it when this defense has been stronger. Now they're weaker. I think it's going to come down to, A, how that pass rush is for Seattle and whether or not they get to Matt Ryan, and, B, whether Matt Ryan overthrows his receivers. If he can keep on target, he's going to have a huge game. If he doesn't, he's going to be somewhere between what he's been, which is 18 and 22 fantasy points. I think you can still start him with relative confidence given everything that's going on. Okay. And you don't have him ahead of Dak Prescott, but considering it, Matt Ryan? If I hear a good argument for it, I'll consider it. And if I if if, if there's more missing besides Chancellor and Sherman, then I, I might go for it. Yeah, I, I love Matt Ryan this week. I think he showed you can go into Seattle in a tougher situation last week and play great. Um, some of the things that have gone on for him the last couple of weeks, not necessarily his fault. I mean, think if Julio Jones catches that long touchdown that was wide open, that's a, what, 30-plus point game probably. Yeah. That was a 39-yard touchdown, so that's nine points that he lost. So he's 31 points there if he catches that pass. Um, I, I, I just don't think the Seattle defense with what they're missing is the same. And so Ryan is going to have uh, his second 20-plus point game of the season, and he will be much better than Dak Prescott. Okay, so stat, stat of the number, number one. Now let's look at Russell Wilson. Stat of the game number two. The Falcons allowed the six fewest passing yards in the NFL, and no quarterback has scored more than 22 fantasy points against the Atlanta Falcons. That includes Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Josh McCown actually did score 22. He's the best so far against the Falcons, but Rodgers and Brady, 21 points. Stafford, 17. Cam, 19. And he had 86 yards and a touchdown rushing. Prescott, 13. Russell Wilson, is he... I mean, everybody's going to start him. Is he a little bit downgraded this week? Could Matt Ryan be better than Russell Wilson? What do we think? Well, if you want to compare track records, Russell Wilson's has been amazing. He's had at least 22 fantasy points in each of his last four games. And if you took a look at how he's done against Atlanta, it's almost like the opposite of Matt Ryan because Russell Wilson has not done well in his last two games against the Falcons. One of them, no touchdowns. Another one, two touchdowns, but two picks. One game, 49 rushing yards. Another one, seven rushing yards. Uh, his completion percentage has been up and down in these two games. I, I think it's it, it's funny how if, if Matt Ryan had the type of numbers that Russell Wilson had, you'd probably say, ah, I, I can't trust him in this one because the matchup's too tough. But it's Russell Wilson, and he's been playing so well lately. Yeah. And you can't you kind of can't get away from him. And if you had Wilson and Ryan, I wouldn't blame you for going with Wilson over Ryan. And I think that that's what people should do. I think that given the state of this run game for Seattle, given the state of the defense now for Seattle, maybe it means that Wilson's going to have to throw more. I think he's got a chance at another nice game. Does he have the best game to date uh, against this squad? Against more, 22 against or more, more fantasy against Falcons? Yeah. All right. What's the high score 22. on Seattle or 20, on Atlanta? 22. 22? Mm-hmm. I'll say he beats it. Yeah. He he's better. been great. I mean, if, if they... First off, they win the division. He's the MVP of the NFL. And if they no. make the playoffs, he's he's going to be among the contenders. This team is terrible when you look <laughs> at it. They can't run the ball. His receivers are okay. Defense is falling apart. So nowhere near what it's been. He's carrying them. Uh, but one thing he does have, Russell Wilson, or Seattle, is a great run defense. So start or sit, Tevin Coleman, who had 20 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown last week. He has only four catches in his last five games. I mean, this is a ferocious run defense. Starter sit, Tevin Coleman. Start. He does a lot more than just take handoffs. He can catch passes out of the backfield. And without Devontae Freeman there to work away on him, 
I, I think Coleman just has too much potential to sit. He's going to have an ugly rushing average, but he's had five games this season with at least 10 touches. He scored double digits and fancy points in four of them. Last year, that happened 11 times. He scored double digits and fancy points in seven of them. So when he gets work, he's usually productive from a fancy standpoint. And I, I mean, it's, it's the same thing like with the Titans backfield. If one guy were to be eliminated, the other guy would be awesome. Mostly the younger guy. In this case, this is the younger guy. Not by much, but he's still the younger guy. But I, I think this is a big game for Tevin Coleman. Is Fantasy Coleman, wise. It's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, five yard carry average. It's not going to be, you know, a lot of big explosive plays, but he'll grind his way to probably 15 fantasy points. Is he, well, first of all, if that's the case, Coleman or Ajayi? Ajayi, but it's close. I think just Ajayi's ceiling's higher. Coleman, I like Ajayi better. Coleman or Doug Martin? Coleman. Coleman. Wow. All right. So he's a I, I would have used Coleman as the start of the week, but uh, I have some stipulations by my idiot coworkers, Pete and Nick. They like to watch me uh, go through the, the joys and pains of the start of the week. So he's in a primetime game. <laughs> Why don't you go with both of them? I'm not going to use He's still in the column. He's still a start. It's just the guy at the top. I mean, they're all the same anyway. By the way, one last point on Russell Wilson. Each of the last two quarterbacks to take on the Falcons have had at least 40 rush yards and a touchdown. Wow. They were Cam Newton and Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson can run. Maybe that's how the Seahawks attack them. Maybe. Okay. Julio Jones is top seven in standard, top nine in PPR. Muhammad um, Sanu, we like him? I like how he's done in these last two games against Seattle where he's had 40 yards and a touchdown. And I almost wonder if the Seahawks overcompensate defensively for Julio Jones, and it just opens things up underneath for Sanu. I, I really thought what he said yesterday was very telling, that as Hooper's targets have gone up, Sanu's production has gone down. Is this an easy matchup for Hooper? Uh, with kind Thomas of. less than 100% and Chancellor out, I don't think it's an easy matchup really for either of them, Sanu or Hooper. But, I mean, look, Hooper's been productive two of his last three. And the targets have been consistent, six in each game. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, a tight end has scored seven or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues in four of Seattle's last five games. Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram, Vernon Davis, Jermaine Gresham. I think this is their weakness on defense. Or maybe maybe they have more weaknesses now without Richard Sherman. Um, but, you know, Hooper Hooper is like thir- 13th, 12th, 8th for for uh, Jamie Dave Heath in standard, 11th, 11th, and 8th in PPR. Three straight games with six targets, two touchdowns in those three games. Um, all right, Sanu or Aguilar? Sanu by one spot. Uh, Aguilar, for me, it's not close. Sanu or Crowder? Crowder. We uh, are. I've got Crowder one spot ahead of Sanu. Oh, how about that? Back to back to back. Crowder, Sanu, Aguilar, Des Bryant. We are sitting the Seattle running backs, I assume? Uh, yes. McKissick would be the most interesting one, but it sounds like Eddie Lacy is going to play, which is annoying. Oh. Uh, really? That's I didn't realize that. Okay, right. practice yesterday, and uh, Pete Carroll said he's got a good shot to play. Interesting. All right, I'm the only one who seems to have any interest in him. I don't have much interest in him, but oh, I don't think it's a bad idea to pick him up. Yeah, stash, stash. Yeah, uh, we're definitely starting Doug Baldwin. The, the Falcons are good against wide receivers, but they almost always allow like one good wide receiver have a big game. So start Baldwin. That's it, right? No Richardson. No. And Jimmy Graham is top five. This is not the best matchup for him. Falcons allow the third fewest fantasy points. Um, they've been, they've been very good. So you're still going to start them. Maybe you want to get away from him in daily and don't start the Seahawks DST. They're, they're 14th, 12th and 14th. Oh no, he has them fourth. Excuse me. But Dave and Jamie would tell you, don't start the Seahawks DST. Washington at New Orleans. Well guys, I don't have a clever way to say this. So I'm just going to say bonanza. This is the week we find out about the Saints defense. And this is the toughest matchup they've had since week two, and I like it. Uh, so there you go, Bonanza, Washington, New Orleans. Stat of the game. Now you've just ruined Samaje Piran. It's <laughs> over. Well, speaking of him, do you think he will get 15 or more carries? I think he could. Well, four. No. You don't think so, Jamie? Okay. No, because they're going to be chasing points. There's no way he's getting that many carries. Not going to be chasing. They'll be right there with him. It'll be a lot of points. No, no they're going to be chasing, which is in your favor. It's fine. Uh, four running backs have had 15 or more carries against New Orleans. All four of them scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. However, Amir Abdullah had 14 carries, and he only scored five fantasy points. Had he gotten the 15th, he would have scored a touchdown or had a 50-yard run, pretty obviously. 
Um, I, I understand people are going to be very hesitant to start Samaje Piran, but what about Kirk Cousins? It's been a while since we've had a good game against the Saints by a quarterback. Stafford had 20 fantasy points on like 52 attempts a few weeks ago. But uh, Cousins, he did very well against the Vikings. Start or sit? I think you start him. He's in the conversation. I like him better than Stafford this week, as an example. And I, I kind of smell what you're cooking, Adam, that it's going to be high scoring. I think Cousins is going to have to put the ball in the air a lot. That typically for him leads to good numbers, maybe not necessarily amazing numbers. I, I, I just think that this is what the off, the Washington offense is now. And there are so many offenses like this around the league. They're, they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. I don't see Chris Thompson getting 12 carries and pacing them and helping them be balanced. I, I think Cousins is going to have to make a lot of plays, and I think he can. Okay. Would you guys start Cousins or Cutler, Fitzpatrick, Bortles? Cousins. Cousins, Cousins. okay. And let me just add this. I, I think the plays are going to be made in the middle of the field and on yards after catch type plays. I think this is a week for Vernon Davis, assuming Jordan Reed is out. Jamison Crowder, who I said I liked a lot, and Chris Thompson. I think those are going to be the three guys that really make Drew Brees' day. Kirk now, Cousins. Uh, yeah, why did I say Brees? <laughs> because Brees is going to have to throw a lot finally. Uh, I think both teams are going to have to throw a lot. Now, the Saints have allowed more than 21 receiving yards to a running back only four times. But, I mean, Rex Burkhead caught a touchdown. James White had 885 yards. Christian McCaffrey had 101. Uh, Theo Riddick had 5 for 45. So I, I just think that the the good ones usually do well, and Thompson does Thompson bounce back this week, Jamie? Did we get a good week from Chris Thompson? Yes, in the two games that Rob Kelly has missed, he has I think it's twelve or more fantasy points in a standard league, or thirteen or more fantasy points in a standard league. It was much easier matchups, but he's going to have to catch passes out of the backfield to be successful. And I think he will. Would you go Thompson or Adrian Peterson? I would go with Adrian Peterson in standard league, Thompson and PPR. I would take Thompson in both. Would you start Thompson over Doug Martin in PPR? I would start Thompson over Doug Martin in PPR, yes. All right, so we like Thompson this week. Crowder's the only wide receiver we're looking at. Crowder or Thompson? Who's a better flex? Thompson. Give him Thompson. Crowder or Ted Ginn? Uh, I think it should be Crowder. Do you guys like Ted Ginn this week? I think he's a number three receiver. He's kind of touchdown or bust. The the problem with Ginn is the problem with Breeze. He just doesn't throw the ball very much. So he's not supporting two receivers. Michael Thomas hasn't scored a touchdown. I think it's now five straight games. So, you know, you're you're, you're waiting for these guys to step up and do something, and, and he's one of them. All right, but without getting too in-depth here, like we're starting Michael Thomas and we're starting both Saints running backs, right? Yeah. 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 And Drew Breeze is what, top five, I believe. Um. It just has a feel of a of of a breakout game for him. I don't know why, but the last I think it's two of the last three quarterbacks or three of the last four quarterbacks against the Redskins have had big days. Uh, four of the last five have scored twenty six <laughs> or more fantasy points. Yeah, I, just, mean, I have a feeling he's just gonna have one of those because you have the um, the the narrative of is he is he old? Is the contract going to be renewed? And I just think that he's going to come out and say, you know, I'm I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I think he might have to say it. It's four of four of the last six quarterbacks have scored 26 or more. The two that didn't were the San Francisco guys and Dak Prescott in that bad weather game. So Breeze will have his best game. He will score more than 26 fantasy points. Matt Ryan will have his best game. He will score more than 21 fantasy points. Hooray! And Vernon Davis or Jason Witten? Davis. Davis. Okay, Vernon Davis or Kyle Rudolph? Davis. Davis. All right, start Vernon Davis. Kansas City is at the Giants. Stat of the game. I already gave it, but seven pass plays of 40 or more yards against the Giants in their last two games. Alex Smith or Drew Brees? Alex Smith better. I think he's got more upside. Okay, he, he's a must start. He's a top five guy. Yeah, I just, I really don't believe in this Giants defense bouncing back. Hmm. After after what we saw last week against his numbers on the road have been great. Yeah, five of the last six quarterbacks to face the Giants have scored twenty six or more fantasy points. So that twenty six mark that's huge, and that's five of six against the Giants, four of the last six against the Redskins. So good matchups for Breeze and Smith. Kareem Hunt is a must start, right? Not let's not even get into it. Kareem Hunt's a must start. Yeah, yeah. the Giants might be without Damon Harrison, by far their best run stuffer. 
Tyreek Hill is top three in standard, top eight in PPR. Are you nervous at all because he doesn't catch that many balls? He's kind of fluky. A little bit, but we talked about his success on the road, the Giants' deficiencies against the deep ball. I I think you got to stick with him. Travis Kelsey is a must-start. That's the dumbest thing that I shouldn't have even said that out loud. Start Travis Kelsey. Eli Manning is very interesting, Jamie. You've got a great stat about the Chiefs against quarterbacks after the or Andy Reid against quarterbacks after the bye, and I, it, but this is the worst defense that he's had. So, what do you think about Eli Manning? Well, first off, it was your stat, so I just kind of you did a better uh, job. You, you just you just gave the games. I, I I took what you did and just crunched the numbers. Um. He's, his defenses have allowed nine and a half fantasy points on average to the last four quarterbacks he's faced coming off of a bye week. Two of those were Peyton Manning, one when he was still good in 2013, one when he was not good in 2015. Uh, Derek Carr last year and in 2014 it was Phillip Rivers. None of the four quarterbacks were over 20 fantasy points. The highest was 18, which I believe was Rivers. Yeah. And Peyton, the reason it's nine and a half is because Peyton was minus seven. Yeah. In a game. Mm-hmm. So five for twenty, I it, think. Huh? Five for twenty. And four interceptions. Ugh, yeah. That was the so, end of Peyton Manning. Um it was uh I think he no, he had to have I think he thirty five he passed. Oh, five for twenty for thirty five yards, I think is what it was. Okay. Yeah, it's awful. Um so it uh it it's a little skewed. I think he could be, you know, Eli in that sixteen to eighteen point range. But I think he'll be under some duress because of the pass rush. And I also think that the, the Chiefs, while their defense is not as good, they still can create some turnovers. Mm-hmm. The question will be is, I think he could have, I think Eli will have a Marcus Mariota type of game last night where he, cause his yards will be okay. His probably will get two touchdowns because I do like Shepard and I do like Evan Ingram, but there will be probably two to three turnovers in this game. Shepard and Ingram are absolute must starts. They're like top, Shepard's a top six wide receiver. Ingram's top six, uh, tight end. Arlen's Darkwell, I think, is the, is the interesting guy in this game. He's having a good year. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Giants are going to be without their right tackle, Justin Pugh. DJ Fluker apparently is going to play through an injury. He's an important run blocker for them. But I don't know, like, he doesn't get that much work sometimes. He's just been good. I don't know. So I felt you guys were, were lower than I thought you'd be. On Arlen's Darkwa against the Chiefs defense, what was it like 17th or something like that? No, he's 21st, uh, 23rd, and 14th for Heath. So you guys have Darkwa outside your top 20 in standard. He's not a pass catcher, so I get it in PPR. What's the hesitation there? I'm worried that this won't be that close of a game where the Giants can give him the type of work that they have in games where they have been close. And it just so happens that three of the last four have been kind of competitive games for the Giants, and this one could be a blowout. Yeah. So I'm I'm nervous about Darkwa scoring. That's the biggest thing. And I'm nervous about touchdowns. Yeah. It is, yeah. He is is he not the same type of running back like DeMarco Murray and Alfred Morris, where if they don't score a touchdown, you have no shot at double digit fantasy points. Or not no shot, but it would be rare to see him get a hundred total yards. I think it would be. I don't think he'll get there. And I don't think he'll score, so I'm I'm nervous to use Darkwell. Okay. Let's go to our last two games, guys. And Baltimore is at Green Bay. Stat of the game, number one. Green Bay has allowed nine or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues to at least one wide receiver every week since week one. So not week one, but since then, every week, nine or more fantasy points to a wide receiver. That's why we like Macklin. And they've allowed eight or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues to a second wide receiver in four of their last five games. Green Bay is terrible against receivers. We love Macklin this week. Is Mike Wallace actually a sleeper? Mike Wallace is a sleeper in daily. I think if you're in a pinch at wide receiver and Wallace is on your waiver wire and he's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, then sure, you could take a chance on him. This is the type of matchup that you want to do it. Green Bay secondary, they've allowed, I think it's over 230 yards per game just to receivers in their last two. And I believe a couple of these guys are playing hurt. Randall King, two starting corners for them. They're playing hurt. Their pass rush isn't getting home. And if you remember Joe Flacco in his last game, he was pretty aggressive. Okay. I, I, I think the Ravens want to be aggressive, and I think you'll see them throw a lot. So Matt, My only concern is yeah. that is two guys doing well for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. But I'm also a little concerned about Devontae Adams, guys. Stat of the game number two. Only three receivers have scored double-digit fantasy points in standard all season long against Baltimore. 
That was Juju Smith-Schuster, Crabtree, and Richard Matthews. Uh, so who do you like better, Macklin or Devontae Adams? Macklin. Are we getting away from Devontae Adams this week? I'd like to. I don't know if there's a lot to like about Devontae Adams. He's had one really good catch. Okay. <laughs> so he's outside the top 24 for everybody. Would you start Devontae Adams or Devontae Parker? Parker, easy. I think Parker might not be as safe, but he certainly has more upside. He's just as safe. I mean, you take the body of work with Brett Hundley versus what Devontae Parker has done, and they're exactly the same, if not Parker being better. All right, we're not starting the tight ends in this game. We're not starting the quarterbacks in this game. So that just leaves us the running backs. Why don't you rank the running backs? We got Collins. We got Jamal Williams. We don't expect Ty Montgomery to play. We got Woodhead, Javoris Allen. Rank the running backs for me. Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, standard league, it would be Alex Collins, Danny Woodhead, Jamal Williams, Blech. <laughs> okay. Uh, PPR, it would be Danny Woodhead. Alex Collins, Jamal Williams, Blech. Okay. So, all right, we're done with Buck Allen. If Danny Woodhead plays, yes. I think the Ravens will be done with Buck Allen, too. Although, could it be that Javoris Allen ends up taking some work away from Alex Collins? I, there, there's a quote from Marty Morningweg this week saying that Alex Collins is still a featured guy and that he's earned it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's coach speak. I don't know if his definition of the feature guy is the same as what we would expect. All I know is that they are gung-ho for Danny Woodhead. We talked about yeah. earlier this week that he had three targets on six snaps. And he called all three of them. They want to use them. They're going to get him involved. See, this this is where I think you see if Joe Flacco gets that second touchdown. Who? Non, non-receiver. Yeah, non-receiver. that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think it goes to Watson. I think it's a tough matchup for Watson. So who's a better uh, – Shemaja P. Ryan or Jamal Williams? Who's a better flyer this week? P. Ryan is, is my pick. Uh, I would take Jamal Williams because if Ty Montgomery's out. Because he's going to get out. more work than P. Ryan will. Every running back who's had 15 or more carries against the Ravens has scored 13 or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. Those guys are better than Jamal Williams. They're Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, Jordan Howard, Latavius Murray. Uh, maybe Latavius Murray isn't, but Williams hasn't been good this year. He just he just hasn't. Uh, but he hasn't had that much work. It's pretty small sample size. All right, let me just finish up. Alex Collins or Joe Mixon? Mixon. Uh, Mixon, but it's close. Alex Collins or Orleans Darkwa? Darkwa. Darkwa. All right, so we don't really love any running backs in this game. Maybe, maybe Woodhead and PPR. Detroit at Chicago, guys. Let's sum this up in a minute or two. Uh, I was surprised to see Matthew Stafford is third for Heath, eighth for Jamie, and tenth for Dave. And actually pretty interesting, Cleveland, they are very good against quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is the only one to score more than 19 fantasy points. I said Cleveland. I meant the Bears. Against Chicago, uh, Cleveland was last week's opponent. So Ryan didn't score more than 19. Roethlisberger didn't. Cam Newton didn't. Yeah, I, I have Stafford lower than eight, by the way. You move him down? Mm-hmm. Or did I just mess that up? No, I moved down. Okay, where do you have him now? 10. Uh, Stafford or Cousins? Cousins. Cousins. Stafford or Rivers? Stafford still. Stafford. Okay. Stafford over Bortles, over Cutler, over We, we sound like resigned Stafford. I think he'll be okay. I mean, like, I've, he's my guy. I'm not benching him. Okay. Yeah, he's got to throw. There, there's you... a pretty – it's not the great – okay. Let me let me start over. I, I always believe in Vic Fangio, Bears defensive coordinator, and when he's familiar with an opponent, he typically does well against them. The one guy he tries to always take away from Stafford has been Golden Tate. Tate has been not good in six games against Chicago. They do a nice job of limiting him, forcing Stafford to go to the outside. And last year, Stafford was a nightmare when he did that. Um, and I don't know if he's going to be able to come back this week from what he did last season and put up two touchdowns and. 250 yards. He, he makes me a little nervous this week. I think this could be – I don't think this will be a shootout, obviously, and I don't think the Lions can go in there and put up even 24 points. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. How do we feel about I, – I, I, that's a good note on Golden Tate, but I know most people are going to start him, if not all people. Uh, what? How do we feel about Marvin Jones this week? Equally bad. Nervous. Don't have him ranked in my top 24. Would you start him over Des Bryant? Yes. Would you start Marvin Jones over Marquise Lee? 
I think no, I have it started. ranked that way, but A, let's check the weather, and B, let's check on Lee's health. Okay. Well, his health is fine. He's been missing practice all throughout the course of the season. And then finally, Jordan Howard, I know everybody's going to start, but uh, what about the running backs for the Lions? No thanks? No, I, I like Amir Abdul this week. I you mean, do? look, you, you've seen they stuck with him last week after the fumbles. Taylor Decker being back, I think, is going to be big for this entire offense, which I think is will help Stafford. And I, the Bears' run defense has been a little bit leaky lately. They give well, up touchdowns. Thing, I'm sorry, Adam? They give up touchdowns. They've given up eight rushing touchdowns this year, but only 3.9 yards per carry to running backs. The one thing that you have to like about Abdul is that they're starting to give him more work in the red zone. He's had 11 red zone carries in his last five. Six of those have come uh, inside the 10. He had one last week. He scored on it. He's getting more work than Riddick down there. I think he's okay as a number two running back. All right. Just want to give a FanDuel lineup real quick. You guys can feel free to give a DraftKings or a FanDuel lineup. I don't sure. love it. All right. Cool. I, I'm not, I'm not in love with my lineup, but we'll see. Uh, Carson Wentz, Jarek McKinnon, Doug Martin, Sterling Shepard, Marquise Lee, and Golden Tate. Now I might have to change that, Dave. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Justin Tucker, and the Jaguars. I really don't rem- I don't recommend it. I have the best tight end, especially for the price. Kelsey, I have the best DST. I have the best quarterback, perhaps, in Carson Wentz. Other than that, I really don't like the team. Uh, so don't don't use it. Jamie, what's your DraftKings lineup? My DraftKings lineup is I had it right here. Okay, uh, Alex Smith at quarterback, Kareem Hunt and Chris Thompson at running back. Remember, it's PPR scoring and DraftKings. Uh, I am sticking with Golden Tate. I'm not worried about this defense. Uh, so He's go easier to use in PPR. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm just looking at the numbers here. Slot receivers have still done one like that Chicago, so I think Golden Tate will be fine. Uh, Devontae Parker is the other one. Keenan Allen, uh, number one receivers against Buffalo have been very good this year. Vernon Davis as a tight end. Bruce Ellington has a flex. And the Bengals defense. Okay, that's it. Thank you. More FanDuel and DraftKings lineups on Fantasy Football Today. Sorry for the long show, everybody. We'll talk to you on the mailbag on Saturday. See ya. Bye.